You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, yo, welcome back to another edition of the PHNX Rising Podcast, presented by DraftKings Facebook. My name is Ramon Chavez. I'm super happy to be here. And then we got the bad guy, Owen Evans, right there on the top left corner. And of course... Why am I the bad guy now? What's caused that? (laughs) And then, of course, El Jefe, Edwin Perez. How are you guys doing? Yes, I got the elite nickname. <laughs> I always love my nickname. I know Owen is offended by the bad guys. Why, what, what, I'm just intrigued why. I think why? I, I want to hear the rationale behind this now. I, I, I got you, Ramon. I got you. Uh, recent events, and if you follow WWE, you understand. But uh, um, hey, listen, we'll come up with a nickname for Ramon, too. That's my one pleading case is we need to come up one for one Ramon because, you know, he he got he gave us a nickname. So <laughs> we'll find a way to get Ramon back. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, who, super happy to be here with you. I'll explain you know, a little bit later on uh, why uh, I gave that uh, to Owen. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're checking in uh, on the YouTube uh, sphere, if you guys haven't yet, make sure to like, subscribe and share this podcast. We really appreciate you guys if you do that. And also it helps us grow. We recently had hit 10K on our social medias channel. So that was pretty fun. I did not get any pizza, though. I saw the pizza pictures uh that, that were in our office but uh maybe next time but it really helps us out a lot of pizza there's a lot of pizza going around it's almost like the next thing they're going to try and do is invest in fruit street but no <laughs> oh, i know no. <laughs> uh but yeah super super awesome to hit that uh that milestone and we're about to hit our milestone here at the phnx underscore underscore rising twitter account because we're close to 500 followers on our twitter so if you guys haven't yet make sure to hit that uh, follow button over there on Twitter and uh, help us out. We're, once we get 500, I, I thought we were supposed to do something. I don't remember what it was, but but we're going to do something once we hit that 500. So Maybe we'll invest in Fruit Street. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and get started, y'all. Uh, we have a great show for you guys today. We're, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened on Saturday over there at Wild Horse Pass. Uh, talk about what happened around the USL. Owen has some updates regarding uh, what's going on over there and around the league. And, of course, some pretty big transfer news uh, that happened today that we got. And then uh, Owen's going to bring up some some good stuff regarding some of our own players and see if there's any transfers on the horizon. So let's go ahead and get started, guys. Uh, let's talk about uh, what happened on Saturday. 4-2 was the result over there at Wild Horse Pass. Of course, we were there. Four goals in the first half, four rising, and then two for Monterey Bay in the second half. Uh, I know we talked uh, uh, in depth about it in the post-game show, but I'm still kind of like taking it all in because I thought it was a great start to the season, first three points. I know I was a little pessimistic when it came to it, but uh, otherwise it was a great night to be a uh, rising fan over there. You know what? I'm glad that you've come out actually being more optimistic in this because you were going to make me start sounding like Espo, right? <laughs> and I don't want to go down that route. Sorry, Espo. Um, look... It was a good start. You win 4-2. I mean, it's hard to pick too many. Yeah, there are negatives of things to work on, but it's hard to pick on it too much, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, they've went in at 4-0 up at the break. I mean, yeah, he's not wrong. I mean, you it was important just to get the three points. You know, I think it was it's a, it's a huge confidence booster because yes, there's going to be things to work on, but I think that's universal with every team in the league. You know, they're not going to be looking 100% shot. 100% sharp. But if they have similar mistakes to what we saw in the first game later in the season, 
I think that's when it's fair to be a little more pessimistic and, you know, being up on the team. But to score four goals just shows the power of the attack. And it just gets you excited to see what they can do, you know, as they develop more more and more chemistry. Exactly. And uh, shout out to our commenters right now on the stream, uh, PHX Rising West Valley. Shout out to you guys, Jet. Scott, he has a really good question. We'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, and then he says he's getting some Veros. Michael says he's getting some Veros over there with Joey Calistri. Uh, getting some of that pizza over there. But uh, getting back to Saturday's game, what was your uh, favorite goal of the night? Uh, we had Manuel Madrid, of course, uh, scoring the second minute, Greg Hurst, Arturo Rodriguez, and then Aiden Quinn. So out of those four, which one, you know, got you uh, that you, you know, which one's your favorite? I enjoyed Arturo's. I just enjoyed that link-up play between Greg and Arturo. Um, I think it's a really good sign of things to come. Yeah, no, I think I think anyone who watched the game saw the second one. Um, but I, I like Aiden Quint is a little, I think, underrated. The the good chip, I think you got to appreciate a good finish from the from the man himself. So I'll, I'll give that one some love. I, I I'm not going to copy Owen's answer here. <laughs> um, I think that uh, the Greg Hurst one, the one in the 27th minute, was my favorite, just because of that Lincoln play that they had, and then Quinn was able to thread, you know, the the back line of Monterey Bay, and then Greg just, you know, the more I saw the the highlights and uh, and and that goal, it just impressed me with the fact that he was able to stay calm under you know pressure, keep his composure, and then just you know get get that goal there for for rising. So really great stuff, you know. I, I can't really complain. I like the Manuel Madrid one as well because he kind of just lunged then to get that goal so if you guys watch the highlight he literally ends up in the back of the, of the net so it was a really good one um i do want to point out i didn't tweet this out on uh on saturday i did tweet out that jesse maldonado made his professional debut but also uh our own player channing chaston he made his professional debut on saturday as well so uh great great you know uh, what, what we missed there what we missed yeah. there actually they mentioned on saturday there were three players who'd played their high school soccer in the valley there are actually four mm. uh, it was jesse maldonado channing chaston uh Ryan Flood and Sam Gleedle. Sam Gleedle, we forgot, played at Camp of Eddie. I think I don't think we mentioned him. Yeah. Don't no. think we did. At the very least, we missed one of those out because I'm pretty sure we only had three. And I like that. I like the fact that we're getting more uh, Arizona players in this league. So it puts us on the map. You know, I don't think Arizona's known as a hotbed for for soccer. So it's really, really great to see that. Um, how impressed were you guys by by Greg Hurst's first game? uh in a in a rising shirt well i I'm not, i kind of don't want to take away the thunder from you know owen here because he he's the one who is you know saying greg hurst is my striker and all that so but I, I was i was thoroughly impressed because that was the biggest question i think at least for me personally heading into the season was that number nine spot since rufat's departure last season we were kind of lingering trying to find that clinical guy and so now that and his performance shifted our, our focus to not the number nine spot, but worrying about what's going to happen in the center back and all that. So I'm, I'm very impressed and I'm excited to see what he can do. But I also know even if we have to go to the bench and he slips up a little, I, there's a lot of great options. So I think Hurst was just fueled by that competition too. You know, I, I'm just going to say, if you'd like to go to gophnx.com and sign up for a membership, you can find my views on this topic there. But... <laughs> I'll, I'll summarize. I'll summarize. Right. I, I am very happy to see that he has come in, started off well with a goal, which is just huge for confidence and an assist shows that he's he's linking up well with the rest of the team. And he did actually have some involvement on that Manuel Madrid uh, goal early on as well. He was one of the players that that knocks it back goalwards. Look, I, I just think it's a great sign. The fact that he has come in, hit the ground running. And, you know, we've got a guy who scored nine goals in this league last season on the bench. That's just depth that we haven't seen at the striker position for a long time. And it's really exciting to see. Yeah, definitely great to see. And like you're saying, he was involved in, in two goals. And, you know, it, I can't wait to see what he continues to do. Definitely a great start for Greg Hurst. Um, Arturo Rodriguez, the man in the midfield, number 10. How how great was he? I, th I think he did spectacular as well. Oh, he's, I mean, I mean, it's Arturo, right? You know, he, we, we were wowed by him last year. Um, I think the minute he signed, he shows up in preseason and all the talk was, this is the guy who's going to displace John Baccaro. And what we're seeing now is just his, he's hitting that kind of potential that we expected to see him hit in this league. We're seeing him as someone who is a versatile midfielder. 
um, who, you know, isn't just the guy that floats around up top, but can do so much more. And I'm really excited to see how he kicks on for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, for for me, sorry to cut you off, Ramon. I I mean, we had chats about after the game about how much we were pressed by Hurst, but I, I remember even telling Owen, and I know Scott in the comments said it in the post game how the DraftKings king of the game should have been Arturo because of not only what he did, you know, obviously getting goal and all that, but his passing was phenomenal. He barely lost the ball, and that's what they really needed. So, I mean, it's just exciting, and we talked about it a lot preseason, so – Shout out to Arturo not making us look so dumb and you know, uh, you know, shoving it back to our face that we're we're hyping him up so much. I mean, he he proved he's worth the hype. Definitely, one of the X factors on Saturdays coming in was Arturo Madrid. He was uh, replacing uh, James Musa. Uh, Are we having problems with him? I think we are. I think we are. <laughs> so it should, it's just me and you right now, though, Owen. We're you know what? Those. If, if we wait, if we're waiting on Ramon to get back in, why don't yep. we uh, pop up a video there, Edwin? I think we've got Rick's views on uh, last weekend. Now, having having watched it back, this is what he had to say earlier today. Um, very, very good overall with our tenacity. Um, I think when we played with a sense of urgency and, and our pressing moments were good, that it created good chances for us. I think at 4-0 at halftime, the human nature kind of crept in a little bit. We, we kind of lacked some sharpness in the second half. Um, we talked about it today that it, it's just a matter of managing those moments and managing being up 4-0 at halftime, we have to be smarter. Um, I think if we were, he probably would have seen us play a little more direct, probably sit a little higher in a mid-block and look to counterattack. But um, when you're winning 4-0, you don't have to make the game. And I think we continued to pass it back. We continued to try and build out of the back. And we should have been a little more direct because we just invited the pressure and, and we put ourselves in bad situations. And... Uh, we've analyzed both goals very closely and, you know, it really came down to just a mentality issue. Nothing to really be concerned about because, uh, like I said, I would take 4-0 at halftime in every game this and, and uh, see how we manage it. Before we talk about that, we got to introduce our own boy Ramon back into the show. Sorry, Ramon. Welcome about back. That. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm going to have a talk with uh, CenturyLink because I don't know what's going on over here. But, but yeah, well, what's going on? <laughs> it's all that negativity on the weekend. You had to be putting a timeout. I'm paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, you, he kind of showed us the video there and he talked about how, sorry, Ramon, I don't know if you saw it, but we, we showed the video of Rick talking about how he'll take take – take being in the lead 4-0, you know, that obviously there's things to fix. You do not want to, you know, let a team back in. But, I mean, it's, it's very fair comments. I mean, when you're starting 4-0, it's hard to mentally, you know, do 100%. You know, you 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 mentally are thinking you already won the game. So I can see where, I can see where Rick's coming from there. Can I just shout out, I think, in, in the comments there I did see, and this was probably my highlight of the game. Uh, I see Phoenix Rising Nation is in there. If you have a little scroll back, you'll find him talking about the fact that he was made to wear a certain shirt. Can we can we just shout him out there? Because, you know, we we actually made something happen. Uh, uh, you know, podcast followers here. We managed to to make someone in real life go out and wear it. <laughs> <laughs> a shirt that just had an image of Landon Donovan drinking from a water fountain. Like, I wish I, I, this is we've hit peak. We've hit peak influence right there. So, you know, it's all downhill from here. Imagine what will happen once we hit 500 followers. You know, watch out. It's only going to get worse. They're going to make me do stuff. So be careful what you. I, I can see. The Edwin, chat. how do you feel about Landon Donovan t-shirts? Oh no! Well, listen. I thought originally I thought it was getting a little waxed. I thought that was the. The, the shouts but uh if you guys have any suggestions feel free to drop them in the chat the chat has a lot of power <laughs> as we've a discovered so, so, feel power. Free, so feel free to throw it in there no definitely it's good i mean we, we need more ideas like that <laughs> i know I, I froze during the arturo madrid comment i don't know if you guys continue with that but i was just gonna well, shout like out Monter like monterey's defense there you go thank you thomas <laughs> oh <Appreciate> man well <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I felt like he did pretty great. Uh, I was checking Sofa score, like I was saying, and uh, he, he was one of the highest rated uh, uh, defensemen for Rising. So I, th- I thought he did okay. What did, what did you guys think? I think that Manuel was a, a, a decent performance. Um, I know there are questions over quite how he uh, linked up, you know, over on the left, and there was a talk about, you know, who does that come down to? Is it Babu? Is it is it Manu? I mean, look, he. He didn't do badly at all. Um, he was a bit safety first, quite a few clearances, if you look, quite a few, he made a couple of interceptions. Um, you know, and he, he generally won the majority of his, his duels. Um, didn't do a lot in the air, wasn't really challenged in the air. So, look, there are there are things that maybe, you know, he's he's not James Musa, right? And we have to know that. Um, but he is a guy who, who you can turn to when James Musa's out, which... You know what? We've actually got another video clip lined up there, and we should probably hop into that. Uh, Ramon, do you want to introduce that one? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, from, from today's press conference, uh, Rick was asked if uh, there was any update on James Musa, and uh, yeah, let's see what we what he has to say. Uh, he's kind of hit and miss right now. He's it, it is a grade one hamstring. Um, they said seven to ten days. He's not in training yet, so. We usually don't put anybody available until they complete a full session. Um, my expectations are that he might start slowly trickling in Thursday or Friday. So it's it's mostly questionable. I'd expect we're seeing Manu on Saturday. Based off that answer, that's, that's what I'm getting. <laughs> I, I- and I think that, you know, a lot of people are going to worry when they see that. And obviously, you know, you want to have James Musa in there. And I think that's the same sense of it for all of us in here. But at the same time, I'm not freaking out because I think Madrid showed that he can step in and do a, do a solid job. Is it, you know, maybe at Musa's level? You know, so most would probably say no. But to have a valuable option and to give him minutes, I think is key for a player like Madrid because – when we brought in, when they brought in Madrid, we didn't see him much to to any minutes, and we, and it kind of gave us the sense that we don't know what what he can do, and you know, people would freak out about you know putting him in the game. Now we're finally getting a sense of actually letting him get his minutes, build him as a, a, a valuable option off the bench. Because the biggest question for fans is, are we going to pick up someone? Are we going to do something? And uh, with that center back spot. So giving him minutes at least can ease ease your mind a little bit uh, and knowing that, hey, if, if something comes off with Musa, you know, maybe a red card in, in the in the defense, you can trust Madrid a little bit. And and I think this weekend, yes, Monterey Bay's attack wasn't that good. So I would like to see what Madrid can do again. Yes, Las Vegas, it's going to be an interesting attack again, but I still think that this can be another – Valuable opportunity for him, so I'm excited to see what he do, what he can do back there. Three words, three words. Las Vegas lights. Yes, yes. Excuse me, Las Vegas lights. Excuse me. Yeah, I heard that fire no, just, game. just. I'm just saying. You know, it's it, we're talking about whether Manu can can fill in that role on the weekend. It's Las Vegas lights. Yeah, he should be fine. You know? I, think, I think it's a it's a long season. Uh, I don't think they're they're gonna risk uh, James Musa there. I'm sure if this was like a do or die game or in the playoffs, he'd probably give it a go. But I think they're just letting him rest and making sure he's 100 percent before he takes the field. So and it's, it's early in the year. There's no point in risking him. There's no yeah. point in taking an unnecessary risk that we'll see him end up injured. Any other updates from uh, today's uh, press conference, Owen? Uh, there were bits and pieces. I think one of the other things actually that people should know on this topic, on this topic specifically, sorry, is that there was a lot of talk about working on versatility with Ryan Flood um, to the degree that actually they have been working with him in training, had Ryan Flood as a, as a left center back. So wow. he also could provide some, you know, we know that when there was talk before about what happens if someone goes down injured and, you know, you had the... Um, the whole conversation about all these different guys that could possibly fill in. Well, it looks like at the moment, the way that they're going with this is looking at Ryan Flood um, is is what Rick told us today. So yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing on this topic um, is that perhaps perhaps we will see that as an option, maybe off the bench, maybe even starting if needed. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Do so you think based off of that, the because we saw this in the preseason, the Jonathan Levin center back experiment is over, didn't work out? I feel like it's unlikely, but, and I will caveat this with a but, 
Never underestimate the fact that sometimes what people talk about isn't what they're doing. Um, not least because Rick is a smart enough guy to know that, you know, in theory, Vegas could be watching. Um, <laughs> or LAFC could be watching, given that Vegas are effectively LAFC's reserve team. Um, or, you know... Look, one thing we know about Rick is that he does like to play guys when they go away to a club that they used to play for. Jonathan Levin did used to play for Vegas, and that kind of thing can add motivation. So maybe Levin is the next option there, but who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, and then just before we transition, I do have one more question about kind of like the de- the defense, especially those two goals and, and the attack that Monterey Bay had on Saturday. Because uh, if there was one thing to nitpick, I think it was that kind of left-hand side with uh, with Jai and Moore. Um, and that was kind of the side that was kind of getting hammered a little bit more by Monterey. So a- any word on that? Any, you know, anything that you see maybe happening or just more intensity when it comes to, to the next game? It's not really no real update here, but I guess I'll just kind of reiterate what I said on the weekend and maybe expand on that a little bit more. So what Rick told us on the weekend after that game is that he felt that they weren't quite gelling as well as they could have, that there were moments where there was too much space between them. Um, and that was causing frustration. I mean, I know Santi was getting frustrated because he was looking for that goal um, and it, it just wasn't coming. So. Yeah. I think that you have to remember that the way that Rick plays is a really high intensity kind of game on those wing backs. Um, and there's an expectation that they push up the field a lot, that they get involved in the attack. Um, and if you're not quite gelling, it does leave you open to, to problems there. Um, it's it's a high risk, high reward kind of kind of play. Um, we saw in 2020, I think there were multiple times where we looked at it and felt that from an outside perspective, it felt like Darnell King's positioning wasn't as good as it could be in that system. That um, He was perhaps a little bit slow on times to track back. He came back in 2021 and was significantly better. I think that, you know, you have to consider that there are going to be teething problems given the way that they play. Yeah, definitely. And um, uh, Scott mentioned this at the beginning of the show. He said, and Giant Santi seemed frustrated for the last 30 minutes and, and probably why we got those changes towards the end of the game. So definitely... Um, do you expect any other, any big changes heading into Las Vegas? I know we're going to talk about it more Thursday, but just a little tidbit, maybe, uh, to feed the crowd here at this point. No, I I don't think, I think the thing you have to remember is that there's no midweek games to justify making changes. There's no kind of need for rotation in that way. And I don't think there was a huge amount that stood out as wrong in that first hour of the game against Monterey Bay. So you know, when you when you sit down and look at it that way, I guess the question is, why would you change? Definitely. Um, Edwin, thoughts on uh, the USL team of the week? We had Hurst and uh, Aiden Quinn making the starting 11. Uh, our, I don't know how it worked, but I saw our tour on the bench. So I don't know to take that as a bad thing or a good thing. But uh, how'd you feel about that? You see, my question with that is who who's filling in that? You know, like who, who who's voting on that? And I know Owen might have a better answer because because yeah. he, he was on Twitter already shouting about it. But I mean, it's good to see Hurst included in there and Aiden in there. But Arturo, man, this is a heck of a performance, and I think I think he should be one of the names that they fill in every week at this point. But uh, I know Owen had a, a little bit of a swift on Twitter about this. You're making me look this up now just to check because I know one of the things, but I'm not entirely sure about the other. Um, I know that player of the week comes from a short list and the shortlisters you know, send this name on of a couple of the players who are in the team of the week. And it goes to the national media panel, uh, mm. which up until now was a bit of a mystery as to who exactly was a part of it. We just learned, by the way, shout out to Arizona Sports' Jake Anderson, who we can... Uh, definitively blame now for every time a rising player does not uh actually win an award blame we know who to blame now it's great we know who to blame not us um yeah it's not us it's not us we don't vote on that guys don't blame us it's not us but i still don't have an answer on the team of the week give me a second i'll find you one uh yeah well we wait on that yeah definitely i'm glad at least greg hurst got recognized for his Mm -hmm. game he had a fantastic game. Arturo could have easily made it uh, as well. Um, I think Michael says he can't put three from the same team in. Last time I saw the list, I think they had three from Sacramento because they had a great game to start. So, you know, maybe that's something that 
uh, Rising will be able to do in the future. So, um, our tour is on the bench. Jake Henner is responsible for the beer. Yeah, I, I can't find an answer, by the way, as to who picks the team of the week, just the player of the week. So I think that we can justifiably blame all of this on Jake. <laughs> let's, go, let's go ahead and do that. We'll we'll clip this clip and then uh, send it to him. <laughs> all right, y'all. So, yeah, some great stuff this past Saturday. Really, you know, uh, happy to see the, the crowd there. Like you're saying, we had the beer. There were some vendors there with some food. Great, great stuff over there. Let us know how... Your experience was in the comments if you guys had a good time. And then, Owen, just for a little uh, heads up, uh, you're going to be in Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Um, Dang, I, oh, I'm sure Edwin will go. And <laughs> Vegas, Vegas away trips just get tiring. After a while, they're just tiring because it's, the stadium is, uh, you know, I, I want to get into this on Thursday. Let me get into this on Thursday because <laughs> I've got some thoughts. <laughs> All right, we'll wait on that one. But a lot uh, of thoughts on that club. <laughs> oh, y'all better be ready for that one. Uh, but yeah, before we continue with our next segment, I do want to talk about DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you guys haven't downloaded the app, what are you waiting for? Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is one of the best uh, sportsbooks apps of uh, here in the U.S. And you know, with the NCAA March Madden starting, this is the time where you want to download. So if you're a new customer, you can bet just five dollars on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. You got NBA. Also, I was really happy to see the USL on DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you guys want to throw some parlays on there, you guys can do that as well. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Uh, download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they win. If they win, you win with the promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. You do have to be 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And uh, Owen, you you had something uh, regarding the USL odds, right? Because the week number two for USL is starting early. So let us know what's going on with that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was had a bizarrely good week on the uh, the betting front. Well, if I hadn't, you know, four, four of my five picks on, on Saturday and Sunday actually were correct. So clearly I know something. Um which is questionable normally. Um, so yeah, I was looking up because the odds are already out there for tomorrow's game. Um, so tomorrow night there is a game and it's going to be Atlanta 2 against New York Red Bulls 2, which is, I'm sure all of you can tell, absolutely a thrilling matchup, doesn't it? I mean, guys, aren't you just on the edge of your seats looking for that game? Oh, absolutely. Can't wait. It's really great. I mean, what's better than watching two reserves teams slug it out? But I can't, I can't you can bet on this game. And I was actually Ooh. impressed with how many options there were on the app for uh, for betting on these USL games. Now, I'm trying to be a little bit out there with my pick for what I'm going to go for. I'm not trying to go for the stuff that, you know, is heavily favored. I'm trying to find the good deals. You can bet on the number of goals that... Uh, you're going to see overall between the two teams. And so one of the options, I, I mean, these are two teams that do not score many goals. Last season, uh, Atlanta 2 scored 47 goals in 32 games. Red Bulls 2 scored 42 goals in 32 games. Both of them were poor on the weekend. They only mustered one shot on target each. Um, I don't see this being a high-scoring game. So... If you're looking at the, one of the options, anything other than three to five, that comes in at, at plus 100. Or if you want to be a bit more adventurous, if you think there's going to be one or two goals in this match, you can get plus 220 on that. So that's that's the one I'm going for. Lock it in. Lock it in. And don't come <laughs> blaming me if you lose. Yeah, if you lose, at, you see it on the <laughs> screen. Hate mail to the usual place, please. Straight to Edwin. Thank you. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> don't even blame the players. Let's go straight for Owen. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> there's, other, there's other games to bet on tomorrow. You know, there's a Champions League. How, how are you finding the Champions League, boys? I'm, it was a great time. Renan Lodi, what a goal the Brazilian today, taking out Man United. <sighs> <laughs> had my shirt ready i was like i'm gonna wear it on the show i'm gonna rub it in because i know man he's gonna easily they're at home they had a great game this past weekend no no that's what they do that's what they do to their fans they they hurt them so <laughs> but 
Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. No Messi, no Ronaldo. You're wearing. I was gonna say instead you're wearing the uh, PHNX Rising shirt there, which uh, is a great investment with your gambling winnings, if you ask me. Exactly. So uh, if you guys uh, haven't gotten your shirt yet, uh, you can go to phnxlocker.com and purchase it there, and it helps us out. And plus, you look good wearing it. So I think at least you know that's what I've been told. But I'm slim. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what happens with the Champions League. So uh, moving on, uh, we got some big news today regarding the transfer transfer uh, transfer market. Sorry. Uh, we had, you know, uh, one of the Orange County players, actually, a big move. It actually got on ESPN. They, they wrote a whole article about that. So, Owen, can you let us know what, what's going on with that transfer news? Yeah, so uh, ESPN reporting today that Orange County's Ronaldo Damas could well be on the move. Uh, off to Sweden, by the looks of things. Off to a team, I'm probably going to butcher this, Sundsvall. I've probably butchered that, but I'm pretty sure that's where... Uh, as far as last time went, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't speak Swedish, um, <laughs> but it looks like that could be a, a six-figure deal. So, pretty good chunk of change with a sell-on clause attached and other incentives. Look, he's 22 years old. I mean, full disclosure: some of you know that obviously I was at the USL Championship final uh, in Tampa back in November. I voted for Damas for final MVP um, with the media vote. I. If, if if they hadn't come around in like the 60th minute, I'd have probably voted for Patrick Krakowski. But they came around early, so I voted for Damas, and he did ultimately win it. He got 14 goals last year in a season that was short for him because he missed part of it for the Gold Cup off of Haiti. He's 22 years old, four goals in the in the playoffs as well, um, including that brace in the final. Look, I think this is something that Orange County are going to keep doing. Um, when I was sitting in the room with management with them after that game, they were talking about how, you know, if people came in, um, they weren't going to say no. They weren't going to turn away, you know, a good offer if it came in for him because that's something that their club is kind of embracing as an identity, really. Um, they're bringing in these young players and they're looking to move them on and they're allowing themselves to become a stepping stone club, which... You know, on the one hand, you might not want that. You know, a lot of people want their club to be there just simply to to fight for bringing the title back. But, you know, that helps. Those kind of moves do help. We're talking of a six-figure deal, which for a USL club, that's a lot of money. Uh, that's a real lot of money. And even a sell-on clause, you know, you sell a guy for another six-figure, there's a good chunk of another player's wages for a year, possibly. This is, this is big stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, reading that article, it, it stated that he he was at the FC Dallas Academy for a little bit. So it's, it's just another example of that Dallas Academy just, you know, turning out these players that are going overseas. So definitely great to see that. So such as such as I think a, a good player for us to segue back to Ooh. who else came from that Dallas Academy? See, I'm thinking of this. Who else came from that Dallas Academy? Chat chat section help us out. <laughs> Come on, guys. You know the answer. I know yeah. the answer. I thought, I thought Ramon was going to tease it I in. I'm blanking out here. Go ahead, Edwin. What's up? No, I said I'm blanking out. Go ahead, Edwin. <laughs> Talking about the main man, Numero 10. <laughs> Numero Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez, Numero 10. <laughs> uh, the, the god himself. Um, yeah. Only 23 years old. So not that much older than uh, than Damas. So what what's going on on that forefront, Owen? We had a little bit of a talk about, you know, what we, what that Rick had seen from him this season, and I may have stirred the pot a little bit as well, and you know, brought up the idea that what happens if a suitor comes in for him in the middle of the season, and we do actually have a video for that. So, Edwin, do you want to go ahead and roll that? Um, well, I challenged him this year to score more goals, and he's off to a good start. So, um, I think that if you look at the three, you could say that there's, you know some traditional characteristics in the balance of the three midfielders. You've got a six, a defensive midfielder in Kev. You've got a box-to-box guy in Aiden Quinn, and then you have a very creative attacking number 10 in Arturo Rodriguez. The way that I speak to them and the way that we train as a group, they all have uh, multi-tasks in, in the way that they fit into the roster and into the team in the midfield. The fact that Arturo has accepted the amount of defending that it requires and the tenacity that you have to play with here makes him extremely valuable to me because he's not just what we call a luxury number 10. You know, he's not just a player that's going to float around and try and create goals. This kid will do it all. Um, he spent all last year in the gym 
working out to get stronger. And I think you're seeing that, you know, he's, he's pushing people off the ball. He's winning the ball in higher positions. Um, and he hasn't lost his, his creative flair. So um, I, like I said, yeah, I think Arturo is one of the better attacking midfielders in the, in the USL, not only because of attacking, but because of how much of the other things I require him to do as well. And I think that's what's modern day football is, you know, there are no more luxury players in, in modern day football. You worry that you might have to ward off some suitors for him during the season. If you're making an offer, it's going to start at a high number. <laughs> uh, worried? No. I mean, this is what it's all about. You know, I, I would love for our players to get opportunities to go to higher levels. We, we, we feel that the investment that the club makes in the player and being competitive and trying to win, you know, the, the player feels, you know, obligated to the club as well. And then if a good business decision comes along and, you know, somebody wants to buy one of our players, we'd be crazy not to listen. I mean, um, I don't want to ever lose any of the guys. I love them all. And, um, but I also would love to see them get chances at, at the highest levels and to make their dreams. And until we're there, I, I think it's, it's okay. Really, really great answers there from Rick. And uh, I think it kind of puts, you know, uh, the question out there. Is Arturo going to be here past the, the end of this year? Well, he is under contract, which we didn't know. Um, but, you know, it came up in later questioning in there. And Rick kind of hinted at that, you know, he's he's not going. Um, he's, he's still here. And, you know, if, if he was in a contract year, that would fit into some of the discussion over whether, you know, they were going to look to try and get something for him. Um, and, and sell him on, but but he's not in a contract year. So, you know, let's let's wait and see. I mean, I know my, Michael's saying there, if Darmus is, is six figures, imagine what they get for Arturo. I would say just a little word of caution there, bear in mind that six figures covers a lot of ground. There is a big difference between a guy who is a $100,000 player and a guy who's a $500,000 player. And it keeps going on even higher than that. But, you know, I think that oh, yeah. ultimately, if Arturo can keep, playing the way that he is then you know at least come the end of the season maybe there will be people looking for him yeah it's going to be hard i mean the man has put in already a clinical performance in the first game i mean you keep adding on people are going to start to notice you know people are going to keep mentioning his name and and things are going to happen it's going to be hard to keep on i mean he's such a quality talent but i think that's a good thing also for rising they have these quality players that people are are, are noticing it's going to make it even more attractive for players to come here too. So, um, but obviously, it'd be hard to it's hard to see Arturo leave because of what he what he's going to what he means to the team, and he is going to mean to this team as, as the season goes along. Looking at a transfer market right now, and they have him listed at three hundred eighty five thousand. So I'm not sure how you guys feel feel about that figure. I feel like a lot of the transfer market figures are bizarre and i don't really understand how they calculate them um, like they seem to list a, like what do they list some of the other guys at there's the question like, oh interesting maybe you should do that just list everybody there but let's just have a look in mean, six figures three hundred eighty-five thousand. i'd say maybe over five hundred thousand. maybe i don't know based based on my estimation just sprinkle a little you know sugar on top but I'm, I'm not sure if they'd get that for him simply because of the the way that the economics tend to work and the fact that unless he's looking at a big move overseas um in which case by the way if he's looking at a big move overseas there will be some requirement for payment back to dallas um because of fifa's regulations on the status and transfer of players and what they do with solidarity payments and training compensation and all of that fun stuff um and MLS teams don't tend to pay big transfer fees, at least not from USL. So, you think the value it's a complicated on the sell-on clause after the fact, like the in the in the same case as Damas? Yeah, but never never underestimate the ability. So, a sell-on clause is only useful if you sell a guy off to a different country, uh, because if you sell a guy to MLS, all they'll do is they'll sell him for GAM so that it doesn't mean anything, and you know you can't really claim anything from monopoly money, which effectively is what MLS likes to trade in. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun to look into the economics of uh, Major League Soccer. Um, so uh, transitioning, uh, what happened? Uh, they had a big weekend, uh, of course, uh, first weekend of matches here at the in the USL Championship. So, Owen, uh, any interesting games? Anything that Rising fans should be keeping an eye out with these past games that happened? 
Right, so I'm just gonna I've got a list of things that I thought were interesting this weekend. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run through the highlights and then if you guys wanna wanna hop in then let's do it. But you yeah. know, let's start with the player of the week. Let's start with Dane Kelly. That was his hundredth goal in this league. Yeah, Kelly's been getting it done for years and years and years. He's just a really good striker. And he also had an assist in that game as well. Pittsburgh, which is the team he's with now, they were away to Memphis. That was a 3-0 win for them away in Memphis. One of my picks, by the way, um, just, just saying. Uh, and, you know, it's a real statement of intent, I think, by Pittsburgh to go into Memphis and win 3-0. Uh, it's a team that is a good team. They're a big name, but they're not necessarily a normally in that conversation with the Tampas and the Louisvilles, right? But this is a proof, I think, that Bob Lilly's side do deserve to be included among the contenders. And I know, you know, Devin Carroll agreeing with me there. Devin, of course, shouting out on the broadcast on Sunday. Um, you know, their season last year was cut short due to a COVID postponement. Um, on that opening playoff game, they were supposed to be playing Birmingham Legion and it just cut off. I think that they're a good side that could actually do some damage this year. I think the other big one out of the East, Indy 11. Indy 11, the Mark Lowry era getting away, underway, not getting off to the best start. Of course, we all know Mark Lowry. He was the coach in El Paso, moved up to Indy this year, gutted the squad. And in the first game under him, they lost 1-0 to Loudoun. Uh, you know, perennial bottom of the table, Loudoun United. Loudoun, who are a genuinely terrible side. Yes, there was a red card in that game. Don't let that distract you. The red card came in the 90th minute. You know, they trailed for a full half of football. Uh, and not only that, but they were genuinely the worst side. Right? Loudon, I've got the stats here. What was it? 64% possession for Loudon. Loudon outshot them. Nine shots to Indies four. That wasn't a small side getting lucky. That was a better performance. Now, I think that Mark will make them better. I don't think that that is a true indicator of the level they will be at come the end of the season. But what a bad start for Mark there. That is just, that's poor. Um, and then just a couple of quick ones. These are the West Coast ones, which probably I should have focused on more, but I thought the East was just more interesting this week, um, despite the fact that some people will say the Eastern Conference is a construct. Um, Sack is back. Sacramento getting that win over El Paso. That's a big statement for Mark Briggs's boys. You know, they struggled last year. The uh, odds generally weren't in their favor and weren't considered to be in their favor. And yet we've been talking about, we've been talking about them on here as a, a genuinely good side that could do some damage this year. The fact that they got off to a winning start against El Paso, who are a perennial contender, that's just massive for them. And I think it it does show us indeed that Saka back. And then the one other one, which I'm going to go partly into, but not too much because... We're probably going to dissect that a little bit more on Thursday, but New Mexico's win over Vegas. It was a dominant performance for New Mexico. You know, they were a far better team. And Rick said, you know, today when I was chatting to him about this, that it looked like they were back to some of the old New Mexico in terms of their playing style and all of that. They're a fairly physical team, but they were atrocious in the final third. They, they won 2-0, but they were atrocious in the final third. And they're going to have to get that clicking because a lot of other teams just aren't going to be that forgiving. I, I mean, I think Owen did a great job. The headlines. All the only thing I'll add is, uh, I agreed with you, Owen. I saw. Uh, I tried to tune into a Birmingham Legion Tampa Bay Rowdies game on a Sunday, and it was tough to watch because all the uh, balls being gonna, in the shaded area. I'm just gonna fall asleep back here, and uh, yeah, that game was not the most enjoyable either to watch. You did get to see a great goal though. So I mean, it, it was, but it was hard to enjoy the game because like someone had showed the balls was in the shaded area, and you were just thrown off by that contrast and. I just I just hated watching that because I, I, I generally want to see, you know, obviously the rowdies and all that. But it was just hard to watch that stream, at least me. Personally. What, a, what a bad advert for the league that that was on ESPN, too. And like, you know, we, we care about this league. We watch a lot of this league. And yet you put that on and you instantly want to turn it off because it's, you know, it may not be Oakland like burning your eyes bad but it was bad it was hard it was hard to watch i don't know if you saw it Ramon. no i i mean i got to see the highlights the the one game that i really enjoyed was the uh sacramento versus el paso i didn't get to see the game but just the highlights it just seemed like a really fun game to just watch el paso could have gone uh up top early i think uh sacramento's keeper came through and, and stopped the goal 
Uh, Sacramento had three three goals. Uh, and generally, I think that's the team that rising fans should kind of keep an eye on, like uh, Owen was saying. This team seemed composed. Uh, Douglas Martinez was the guy that was just pulling the strings for that team. So uh, I'm looking forward to that game now and after, after seeing them go over El Paso. So um, other than that, um, I think the, the OC game was interesting as well. Uh, you know, you know, that's something that I want to keep an eye, especially since they're, uh, the, the returning champ. So, but definitely that Sacramento game is, is the one that, you know, kind of impressed me a little bit more. I think you're right there. And I think that everyone's talking about San Antonio as the like bar for rising, what you want to measure yourself against this season. You know, the other team that are going to be up there at the end of the year, I think it's Sacramento. I think that San Antonio's opening performance against Detroit failed to impress. Um, and I, I just think that Sacramento probably come the end of the season are going to put in a better performance. One of the headline there, I did actually forget. Um, and it's one that came out yesterday. Um, and it's about a certain other team in the West and one that we've become unfortunately too familiar with. That's LA Galaxy 2. Um, and so LA Galaxy 2 have not hosted fans since the start of the pandemic. And the bad news is, with the exception of this weekend's game against San Antonio, which is going to be a, a doubleheader with the first team, that isn't set to change. So when Rising go there on the 1st of May, there will not be any fans allowed in. Friends and family are the players only. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if you're looking to make a trip out to Vegas, that's not Vegas, sorry, uh, L.A. Oh. L.A. <laughs> I've got this weekend on the mind. Um, if you're trying to make a trip out to L.A., don't, because you're not going to get into that stadium unless you try and put in some acrobatics and jump a fence or something. Um, yeah, well, there goes there goes my trip because I was planning a birthday trip over there to, to catch Rising against Galaxy. So we'll see. We'll see if I can make it inside. So, but yeah, great, great slate of games uh, that San Diego versus LA Galaxy. I think that had like a, a extra time winner by oh, San Diego. Ninety seventh minute, yeah. and it was an own goal. And that was such I, a weird uh, bounce. And yeah, just uh, it, always good to see those goals. That's what I wanted, man. You. But <laughs> you you love it if you're a fan of that team. But the one thing I'll say is that's not an indication that you're actually a good team. Okay, there's a long way to go. True. And if it takes that, it's just not an indication. I'm sorry, San Diego fans. It's just not a good indication that your team <laughs> is that good. I did want to ask you guys one question before we kind of wrap things up here. No other team scored as many goals as Rising, especially in the first half. Does Rising have the most potent office offense in the league? I know it's only week one, but is that fair to say? When don't they? Mm. I'm literally going to leave it at that. When don't they? Um, you know, you look at some of the trios that Rising have had up top and just when don't they? The problems that they have typically come with the fact that sometimes they do slow down at times. And when they do, they get really frustrated because they're used to scoring a ridiculous number of goals um but at the end of the day look rising now top of the uh western conference i believe uh, because of that goal scored um the interesting thing there's actually been a slight change to the way the standings are calculated this year head to head comes first um and then in conference performance comes first um and then you move on to the old school um wins and goal difference all of that um but yeah it's Look, it's it's exciting. This is a team that scores a lot of goals. They always are, you know. Rick always prioritizes that. He always wants to go out and just score a shed load of goals. So I wouldn't be surprised to see once again come the end of the year, they're right up there. He wants that 100-goal mark. <laughs> he wants to hit it. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm not going to jinx them, as Phil said in the chat. Don't worry. We're not here to jinx the, the team's kind of mojo and all that. But... I think it's helpful for the attack when four goals came from not Santi Moore. You know, like Santi last, mm -hmm. year, last year had to do quite a lot of the goal scoring. So when it, when that shows that Santi didn't have a goal, that just shows, man, they can score a lot when Santi gets it going on. So, I mean, it, it's just exciting to watch. And I think that, as Owen said, well, the attack has always been great. And so I think it's just going to get even better and they're going to get clicking even more. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about that 100 goal mark because you know what? I'm just gonna whack it up on my phone now. Four goals, there are 34 games, uh, in a season, and uh, yeah, you guys see what have we got there. Is it not there? There we, there we go, 136. 136. Ooh, there we go. I mean, they're, they're not gonna get 136 <laughs> goals this season, they're not gonna get 136 <laughs> goals this season, but. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, if New Mexico was barely able to scrap two goals past Las Vegas, imagine what you know Rising should be able to do. So we'll see. Ooh. Remember the last time that we went up there? It was uh, was it six three that game ended six three. <laughs> that was a mad game. <laughs> that was a really mad game. It was. <laughs> All right, y'all. So that kind of wraps it up for this week. Great show. Thank you guys for for all the insight and all the all the knowledge you guys always provide for us. So and I appreciate the chat. Thank you for being so lit on the on the comment section today. I appreciate always having a good time here with us on the PHNX Rising podcast. Uh, we will be back on Thursday and we're going to break down the uh, game for Saturday. Uh, with Rising going against Las Vegas, playing over there in Vegas. Uh, so that should be a good one. Uh, an in-depth preview, so make sure to tune in for that one again on Thursday at 6 p.m. Um, and again, if you guys haven't followed us on Twitter, PHNX underscore underscore Rising. I'm setting double the up. underscores, double the fun. There it's we weird go. doing it remotely. It just didn't <laughs> click for whatever reason. When I, you're sitting next to me, this makes sense, and I hear it and it clicks, but not, not today. <laughs> There you go. Well, yeah, go ahead and follow us there. Get us to 500 followers. We'll do something fun to celebrate that. And again, as always, we appreciate you tuning in, whether it's on YouTube or after the show on all your Spotify's and Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate y'all. So uh, that's it for me. Any last words from you two? Um, no Messi, no Ronaldo, no Champions League. <laughs> I'm just going to watch the CONCACAF Champions League. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. CONCACAF Champions League. Let's get it going. (laughs) All right, y'all. So that's it from us. We will see you on Thursday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.